bitch is bad and bullshit. Hey guys, it's Erin. Just a quick programming note before we get into this week's podcast. We decided that given the length of the episode, we're going to split it into two parts. So this week, you're going to get This Week in Feminism, and next week, you're going to get Rent and Receipts and The Misogynist of the Week. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to episode five of the Bad and Bitchy podcast. I'm Erica. I'm Bailey. And I'm Erin. And I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. Thank you for all your comments, your retweets, your your love, basically. Yeah. And your hate. And your hate. Yeah, that was fun too. Yeah. So we're going to start with This Week in Feminism. And we first start out with Girls and Lena Dunham. My favorite. I like, I am surprised Girls is still around. I'm also surprised we really haven't talked about girls yet. Yeah. Oh, but we are now. <laughs> so it's in its sixth and final season. Is it, it the final season? I think next season's the final season. Oh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I stopped watching it. I don't really care. Yeah, I stopped watching it too. I don't know how that got on the air. Really? I, oh. Like, I saw the first season and I thought it was funny. I got a kick. Oh, no. I, I hate watch that show for like three or four seasons. <laughs> And, like, I just kept, because it was, like, Lena Dunham was so, like, critically acclaimed, and, like, she was, like, going to be, yeah. like, the next thing. The and voice of a generation. Literally the voice of a generation. Yeah. And I kept hoping it would get good. And I fucking hate all the characters. I think they're <laughs> the worst humans. And the stories are dumb, and I just don't give a fuck. They're very Drake-like, aren't they? Just whiny. They're, oh. they're whiny. You know what? I just watched Sex and the City 2 for the first time, the movie. Ew. <laughs> it was awful. Awful, yeah. It was so awful, but it felt also, like, super dated. Like, Samantha's sex jokes were just, like, ugh, they, like, they made me feel gross. And, like, I could see how Girls was, like, the next generation's uh, Sex and the City. Yeah. And I think I, you know what? If she sh- if she sold it like that, more power to her because apparently it got sold. But can you imagine Sex in the City today? Can you imagine that all white cast? No, I can't imagine that. Sorry, that's just ba- Bailey's dog <laughs> Sasha traipsing around in the background. Our, our pod dog. Yeah, and smelling the microphone too. Apparently, <laughs> our pod dog Sasha. Anyway, so there's actually an article that goes, you know. With this, it's, with a, this. it's a BuzzFeed piece. Um, it, the headline is, Girls has gotten less white, but not in a good way. Mm. Okay, so basically this is... Oh, it is the final season. It My is, bad. It is the final can't, season. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like the fourth word. Um. Yeah, so I guess it's like they... Alina Dunham got so much critique in the first and second seasons for having no people of color at all on the show. Except for there was a nanny in the first season who was, like, Filipino. Um, so there's a Filipino nanny. I don't remember her. So that's clearly how memorable had, that like, role was. Yeah, like, no, well, and it's, I mean... A she Filipino was, she nanny, was, really? Was this extra, was her response? Yeah, the, no, she was an extra, like, in, oh. in... That was, like, the one person of color in the entire first season. Was an extra Filipino nanny. I didn't make it past the second at episode. The playground. <laughs> really? So no. there was you didn't think it was. I was just like, why are they so whiny? And then there was this scene with Hannah and her parents, and I went, oh! Okay, being a child of West Indian parents, there's no way that I could talk to my parents like that. Yeah. There is no bloody way. And I'm looking at this disrespect, and there was something about that disrespect that just completely turned me off. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's the white experience. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. does definitely play into the idea that millennial young women, especially, are whiny. Yeah. And very Becky, apparently. Because there's this racial cluelessness that pervades millennial North America. And it's, it's sad because these are the people who grew up with the concept of colorblindness. 
And yeah. so I guess, can we now say that colorblindness does not work and it's bullshit? And it was created by liberal white people to explain to others why their racist cousins in the South were, <laughs> you know, were worse than them. It's a class, it really is a class argument. I, I would put quotes around that liberal. Okay. Like, in what way? In what like way? It, it's, they're liberal people. They think they're liberal, but they don't necessarily right, right, hold right. liberal, true liberal views. Yeah. They they're more they moderate-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also feel like in our in in our age category, there's sort of like almost like an ironic racism where people like they they don't want to be racist, but yet they'll still be racist, but like acknowledge their racism and then like laugh about it and it's like you can't be ironically racist like no. it's still a racist joke pierce yeah. morgan that's his that's his shtick yeah but i've heard like people like our age that are like like oh there's only white people in this room like oh my god we're so racist like ah, ha, ha. <gasps> oh my you know, gosh i've like, heard that too yeah, you're like okay but you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't Oh my thing. gosh, yes, you are completely yeah, right. The like hipster a, racism. The hipster racist phenomenon. Mm. I don't know. That's true. Oh my god, you're so racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, That's this, not funny. This is yeah. an interesting conversation because like this article goes on to say that Girls is a very self-aware show. Yeah. And like I don't think having not watched it in several seasons, I don't know that this is like a conversation that they've actually had given that they're so self-aware. Mm-hmm. So instead of like incorporating and giving people of color real stories in this world, Lena Dunham has kind of just invited them in as props to hold hold up her character mostly. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't bother developing them, or she doesn't bother. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that she is necessarily the one to develop them, but she obviously doesn't bring in people to develop those characters yeah they're she's just using them basically to prop up her own white characters which is which like if you think about it you have the tropes you have the sassy black friend Mm -hmm. you have the hot black guy that that every white girl wants to fuck therefore fetishizing the black male and she did that and oh she does that all the donald glover yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, well, she did that in real life. Yeah. But on the show, she gave herself a black boyfriend as, like, response to the criticism of not having any people of color on the show. Yeah. So then she did have one. So, but, but hold on, hold on. The comment she said, like, regarding that situation was that, you know, I've been, quote, I've been metabolizing the criticism all week and I made a really, really dumb joke that I'm perfectly fine to repeat now because I was fucking 25. I said, no one would be calling a racist if, me, if they knew how badly I wanted to fuck Drake. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I say that white girls do this all the time? They want to let you know that they're down by telling you they want to fuck black guys? Yeah. That does And happen. that happens a lot. And it's not... It's not... No. It's not the same. No. It's a fetishization exactly. of black guys. Exactly. exactly. Which people do all the, the time. The mandingo thing. Right. Yeah. It is the Mandingo trope. Mm-hmm. And um, Lena Dunham, it, like her cluelessness absolutely irritates the hell out of me because that was her response to criticism. To be clueless. To just it's be to like, be, I'm clueless. Ha ha. Is to be Becky. Mm. Because this is, this is so Becky. It's this racial cluelessness that, that pervades like... A, a, a gender specific role and I, I just I don't I'm tired I'm just tired I'm tired of the Beckyism to be honest <laughs> it just irks me oh I will say this one of the things that I thought was was great and I, I really like this article by the way BuzzFeed yeah. sometimes you just kill it sometimes <laughs> I have no opinion on this matter <laughs> But, but the author talked about the magical Negro, and I loved it, because the magical Negro is that, is that one person, it's, it's the Will Smith and the legend oh, of Beggar yeah, yeah, Vance, yeah, yeah, yeah. who puts themselves, who puts their own self-care below that of the white person they're trying to help yeah. discover themselves. And again, it just plays into that trope of black people being subservient to whites and that's the problem with it yeah 
Well, moving on. Um, going back to what Erica said about gender roles, um, there were two two articles that came out this week. One in Vogue, the other in the New York Times, um, that were based on a study that basically found or is suggesting that millennial men towards the younger end of the spectrum want to have wives that stay at home. So the younger end of the spectrum, would that be like people like it, it late kind 20s of, now? Uh, no, this one says age 30. Uh, sorry. So millennials are people right now who are age 17 to 34. Um, and the study found from the Council on Contemporary Families found that younger millennials aged 18 to 25 um, support uh, egalitarian family arrangements than the same group, sorry, fewer millennials in that age group value egalitarian family arrangements than that same age group 20 years prior. Huh. Interesting. (laughs) So... (laughs) So what about being born in the 90s makes you want to stay at home wife? I don't know. So I, I have a lot of feelings about this because like they're a lot like 17 or 18 year olds. They're still in high school. They don't know anything. Yeah, that's true. Like they, you yeah. know, there's a good chance that they are the product of an environment in which the mom stays at home and to them that's normal and they don't know what it's like to have a real job and real responsibilities and they're just living off their parents. Yeah. And so they're not independent financially and realize that they need a partner yeah. to own property, to you know, live a life yeah. that they also need to have a salary or contribute somehow. Yeah, 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 totally. What do you think? You're making a face like you've got thoughts. Lots of thoughts. <laughs> Those wheels are turning. I do have lots of thoughts on this one. I think I think what you're saying is um a rebellion to increase power of women. Huh. I also do agree with that. Yeah. Totally. I think that's what you're seeing. I think women have made powerful strides in the past 40 years, at least the white ones. And um, what you're seeing is millennial dudes who are like, you know what? I want to man this ship. Yeah. The I also think that it's also a pushback on gender fluidity and mm-hmm. a lot of this transgender um sort of like just the idea of transgender people yeah. i think all of that that's coming to the the surface and the forefront is being met with this this um resistance to acceptance yeah and i'm i'm not that's just my opinion i also think that there are a lot of millennial dudes out there who can't deal with being challenged by a woman. Yeah. And you know what? You can at me with this and <laughs> I will stand my ground. And yeah. yeah, they like they can't. Like they don't. Yeah, know so how gonna, to deal. I agree with that point and I think that it applies broadly to millennial men in general, mm-hmm. not just necessarily younger half yeah. of the generation. Um and I think that, you know, there's always these like quote-unquote think pieces or studies done about millennial women who are successful and why they can't find partners right and yeah maybe it's because millennial men just fucking suck well and i i think also like just as a general trait of millennials is that like researchers and marketing and stuff have found that millennials have a nostalgia for things they never had like it's not a nostalgia for things like like i have a nostalgia for my etch-a-sketch because i had it but Mm. like you know, so they look at these, like, leave it to beaver land kind of ideas, and they, they're, like, strangely nostalgic for it, even though they never had it. So, like, if they grew up in a house where their mom and dad were both working, like, there's maybe, like, a like a weird, like, Oedipus, like, resentment to their moms for, like, Ooh. not baking brownies every day. Like, they didn't come home to the after-school snack and the milk. They were the latchkey you know? kid. Yeah, they were the latchkey kid. So, like, maybe they've got some sort of weird... I recommend therapy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Please don't control your wife. Here there are other options. <laughs> well, I also think we're in this really interesting time of uncertainty and mm. economic uncertainty makes people 
kind of reach back and look for a time of stability even though they didn't live in that yeah just the idea of the leave it to beaver the scheduling the the, nuclear family the nuclear family the defined roles the white picket fence the white picket fence yeah um all of that at, at you know completely negating that those were the times when you had a when the social contract was in full effect yeah so the fact that the social contract that began disintegrating in like the 70s mm-hmm. and here we are with nothing no wonder people are looking for some sort of stability i find it interesting though that millennial dudes decide that the woman that they're going to choose is just going to just not interfere in their yeah in their sort of role as breadwinner. Well, and that's an interesting point because the study definitely shows that it is millennial men who have these views and not millennial women. 74% of women disagreed with the idea that women should stay home, Ooh. whereas only 52% of the men in the study disagreed. So there's going to be a yeah. there's going to be some competition in that pool for that 26% of women who are, you know. And I think like we should say too like I think if women want to stay home, then they should. Like, I think that that's part of your choice and that's part of what feminism has done is like, if you choose to stay home, then you should. And that's wonderful and we should support that. But like... But we also need to create policies that support that. Yeah. And it's not for men to say that their wives will stay home. It's a choice that you make for yourself. Yeah. I, I also feel like millennial dudes have no balls. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I, I really I, at her. <laughs> I, I really I'm just astounded by how okay, yes, not all millennial men before somebody's oh, like not all men. <laughs> okay. But but there seems to be a generation that just they don't stand up for anything. They don't um they whine about everything hmm. about how basically you're not supporting their their world view yeah. and and they want to come at you and you're just like mm, no yeah. no and they don't like to be challenged let's be honest they don't like to be challenged by women yeah. oh yeah i've been on enough tinder dates to tell you that is true <laughs> <laughs> Fact. Okay, let's move on before I really get myself into trouble. Because I feel I feel like this could go somewhere and it could go downhill and I'll say something. And I feel I, like we should have a whole discussion separate about dating. Yeah. Oh. oh uh, okay. We're, we, we're we will take your cut. topic suggestions. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. 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 All right. We're on to the cut now. Oh, the cut. So there was a really interesting article in the cut this week. Um, it's called... Why white women must pay, make the equal pay fight more inclusive. So this week, uh, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Basically, sometime this past week, <laughs> One of the that days. wasn't Monday or Friday. <laughs> it was equal pay day. So there are tweets all about um, achieving equal pay between men and women. I love it when men are like, but you do make more money. You're not reading the stats properly. I fucking hate that. Like when men try to mansplain the pay equity stats to me. I'm like, I can read a study. Also, someone on my Facebook feed shared a, a, a video posted by uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, yeah. because he's about, a, about, voice, um, a voice of a generation. <laughs> is he a statistician in his spare time? That was like this guy who debunked um, the... Uh, I don't know, racial and gender inequity in pay from, like, the 80s. <laughs> like, okay. This is over 20 years old. Why yeah. is this relevant at all? It's like, like, I think every feminist should read this or oh watch this. Go away. <laughs> like, debunking myths. Like, there are some other myths from you should years ago. debunking. Yeah. Like, I, I, why don't you tackle Bigfoot? This... <laughs> Sasquatch. Just go there then if you're gonna fucking debug myths from 30 years ago. It's so, it's so. Look, you're making a much ado about nothing. There's nothing to see here. It is so move along. There's nothing to see here. And I'm just like, 
No, I got the same, by the way, somebody posted the same thing on my feed and was like, and I had to be like, no, I'm deleting this trash because <laughs> like, it is. Yeah. So then I actually, so let me step back. I actually posted something. Oh, I posted a picture of the, um, the little girl bronze statue that mm-hmm. that fool yeah. pretended to hump. Yeah. 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 And around her neck, I'm, I'm not sure if this was photoshopped, if it was actually there, it's probably photoshopped, were, was like a plaque that said 79 cents. Oh. So I said, uh, just for context, this week was um, equal pay day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think it was on the 4th or something. <laughs> we don't know the day. <laughs> Apparently, it was on the 4th of April. That's all I know. Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> so, so I posted that and... Somebody was like, "Oh, I thought you were an economist," and I was oh, like, I "Saw that?" I was post. like, "Bitch, what?" Yeah. <laughs> so then, an argument ensued. Yeah, and um, I posted actual academic work <laughs> supporting it. Because you are an economist. Because I am an economist, <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> and so he, uh, he something responded he responded along the lines of fake news or whatever and I'm like yes Breitbart has so much so, so much better like views on this yeah. and so much better supported facts I'm sure but the point is is that this man thought he could come onto my feed and mansplain okay pay equity to me to an economist mm-hmm. and He's not even living in North America. So oh, I'm just like, oh my God. I'm just like, like he's Canadian, but he's not living here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, who are you? So naturally I said, don't you dare come onto my feed. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and tell me and, and discredit my profession. I said, that is a blockable offense. And that's the thing. This whole gender equity, pay equity thing, every time this rolls around, you have the mansplainers, the MRA red pill mansplainers that want to come out and say, there's nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to see here. Yeah. yeah. Don't move along. Yeah. And so I think what this article is getting at is going back to the Women's March on Washington and the whole like controversy that surrounded that when it was first being organized about how the march, and subsequently the on International Women's Day when a day without women kind of happened. These types of protests don't are are organized with initially without taking into account the experiences mm-hmm. and realities of women of color. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and why is that important? Well, because. Oh geez, I'm on the spot now. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think people realize that black women experience racism also from white women. Mm-hmm. So if a woman is your boss, especially a white woman, chances are you're going to get a rough time. Now, before again somebody says not all white women, okay. <laughs> I will say this. The first, I used to work for government, for the federal government in Canada. And the first boss I ever had was the best boss I ever had. She was white. Mm -hmm. And she Gen X whiter. Whiter. (laughs) White woman. I think a whiter is a good (laughs) one. I'm prepared to go with that. Title. (laughs) But, But basically, she was... She believed in me. She pushed me. She gave me opportunities to speak. She Mm. gave me opportunities to lead. She gave me, she made space for me. Mm -hmm. And through that, I got to shine. And nobody else did that for Mm -hmm. me. Nobody. And I've had an Asian boss. I've had white female bosses. Um, These are all female bosses I'm talking about. And mostly, they bullied and harassed me. Hmm. So with the support of the overarching system. So 
that is at the end of the day black women who stand up for themselves don't get promoted black women who speak out don't get promoted black women who challenge the status quo don't get don't get promoted black women who wear their natural hair don't get promoted and that is the material point yeah yeah i feel like that gives us a good segue to the next article of leaning in oh cuz does leaning in work for black women like if like if, if or like are you getting seats at the table by asking for it because that's what Cheryl Sandberg wants us all to do no <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cheryl Sandberg needs to um sit the fuck down oh wow <laughs> wow <laughs> She needs to lean the fuck back. Okay, like, and I don't want to cut off the conversation about where this article is going. So if you have more to add to it, go ahead. But I just felt like it was a good segue because I know we're going to talk about lean in too. No, I, I think we could talk about this in a general, in a general, in a general like, Yeah, I would, I would just say like regarding the equal pay thing and trying to incorporate people of color is just, or women of color is just that we always see the stat that women make 79 cents to the dollar mm-hmm. men, but that's generally just for white women or high higher paying jobs that yeah. are more accessible to white women or model minorities. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, because that's the underlying that's the underlying issue. I mean, if if <laughs> if if like I guess I guess my question is how Cheryl how and when we do it and we get either reprimanded or we get bad reviews on our performance reviews or stuff like that what are we supposed to do what is the next step Cheryl Mm -hmm. that's my question yeah and what is Cheryl Sandberg doing to make room for people for women of color well, she does have a foundation, leanin.org. I know she talks about us. Yeah. I actually went on the I actually went on the website yeah, and I'm I like, have... oh wow, she talks about us. Yeah, I'm so yeah. I don't know if she's specifically like decided in like a formalized way to do anything. Um, but that's something that she talks about. So basically she's saying that four years later, this is an article in USA Today, um, four years later, women basically aren't better off. As it turns out, after, four years after Lean In, it looks like we're still not, we've done a lot of leaning in, but we're not seeing any results. Lo and behold, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, so she says that um, less than 6% of Fortune 500 CEO jobs um, and their equivalent are, you know, not, are just women. 6%. Ha! Crazy. Six <laughs> percent? Yeah. But yet we're leaning. My back is sore from the leaning. <laughs> leaning all the time. I'm leaning so far over I might fall. <laughs> Yoga ain't got nothing on our leaning. <laughs> I mean, really engage that core. Yeah. I just yeah. keep picturing the like Michael Jackson leaning dance. Oh yeah! On um Smooth Criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And are you oh, okay? Yeah. And are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that one? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're leaning, but we're at 6%, so that's great. Okay, what what got me, again, the (laughs) cluelessness of Sheryl Sandberg is what's got me here. How is it that these feminists have no, they're so surprised when you critique them for not being inclusive? Well, what's really funny is that, like, so Sheryl Sandberg received a lot of criticism when her book came out because she was, of course, in a well and high paying job you know her partner was also making tons of money and she could afford to lean in because she had the money and the means to do it um and then so a lot of criticism was that like white wealthy married women can have the support system so you know how um a few years ago Cheryl Sandberg's husband passed away um suddenly and so now she's like oh right like women who don't have that support system yeah, I can see how that might be difficult for them now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's so hard for me. But you're still a wealthy white woman who can afford to pay for childcare. Yeah. And so she does, she only she only recognizes what hits her personally and she wants to be the spoke 
person for this? Yeah. Are you serious? This is so Hillary Clinton it's, feminism. It's also... I, yeah, I said it. It's also super, like, heteronormative, too. Like, what if, what if, for example, you're in a two-woman partnership... Like, can you both take the risk to be leaning in at work? Like, I think for some women, you'd be seen as problematic if you were, like, aggressively leaning in as per Cheryl's prescription. So, like, are you both leaning in all the time? Like, it seems like... Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot of leaning. And for two people who, like, okay, fine, Cheryl, you can risk speaking out and, like, asking for a seat at the table because you have a second income at home who's got probably quite a secure job, you know? Mm-hmm. So in in addition to, like, single moms, what if you're both women? Plus she's at like, the table. Yeah. You yeah. know what? What is Cheryl Sand... Did Cheryl Sandberg develop a, a scholarship at Harvard for all this leaning in she's doing? No, she, gave, she gave a TED Talk. She gave a TED... <laughs> ooh. Cheryl Sandberg... The, you know what? This is, again... Like, she has, she has done nothing... She hasn't done enough. I shouldn't say she's done nothing. Well, I mean, she, she hasn't done enough. She did go back to work eight weeks after having twins. Sorry, that was Marissa Meyer. I lied. Um, <laughs> she leaned in too. But yeah, she leaned like, in and got kicked the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, Marissa Meyer kind of deserves it. No, I didn't say she didn't. I'm just saying, like, she got kicked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Well, two security breaches will do that. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that she shouldn't, she should not have been fired, but why is the incoming person making like a lot more money than she is? Well, maybe we never have to lean in again because nobody, nobody wants to marry a woman who's got a job anyway. Right. Because all millennial men want (laughs) stay at home wives. Maybe we can just give up on the leaning. They're all Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why I didn't work out with Rihanna. Oh! That's true. All right. That's a a great segue, though. Like, who who could Drake date that isn't ambitious and is a celebrity? Well, oh no, that was ASAP Rocky. Never mind. I was going to say, I think he dated Kendall, but that's ASAP that dated Kendall. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Didn't he also date Iggy way back in the day? He dated Iggy, too. And she had a tattoo of him? Yeah, yeah. And And then she had to get it X'd out. And then he dated Chanel Iman. Oh, yes. And that's, that's... she, didn't she break his heart or something? Yeah, she broke his heart. Wow. I feel like ASAP Rocky has those same Drake feelings. He just doesn't know how to express. I them. love ASAP Rocky, and <laughs> I'm too. waiting for his next album. Where is that? I don't know. I need that ne- in my life. Kendrick comes out next week. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. So mark your calendar. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, it's too bad we're not talking about his video. But I will just let that go because we can't talk about everything. Yeah. That's fine. I feel yeah. like Drake would want to stay at home wife because he wants a good girl. He wants a good girl. He, he wants, wants the latest straight to freaking the sheets. Yeah, he wants. Is that I mean, is that the definition of a good girl? I'm confused. Well, I mean, he's always talking about a good girl, and I feel like in his mind, it's so that he can like have her at home, have her dependent, so he can feel better. Yeah. About himself because right. that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Don't make me feel bad about Drake. I love him too. <laughs> That's okay. You know, you know, I always hate on Drake. I know you except, do. Except, except when I like his music. I feel like, I feel like if Drake met me, he'd realize I was, the, I was the girl. I am the good girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's the secretary of the Pentecostal Church. <laughs> I feel like I could really give Rihanna a run for her money. Rihanna, sh- Rihanna, sure. As as I read once, Rihanna, somebody, okay, so. VerySmartBros.com is VSB is amazing and um, so if you guys want to actually read up on some of the stuff we talk about from a entirely from a different perspective than the three of us I would suggest that you read that I post often from it and they wrote about Drake and Rihanna and said that Rihanna is like Daenerys Targaryen who just wants to, you know, slay her dragons and take over Westeros. And I think that was perfect. Rihanna needs somebody who can run with her. I don't yeah. watch that show. <clears throat> Game of Thrones? No. I don't watch what? it either. I actually didn't know what you were talking about, but I laughed because I was like, dragons, nice. <laughs> Who are you people? I had literally no idea. What that How, are you serious? I felt like I, I wanted to 
wanted to get it. So I know, I know I the listeners know what I'm talking. I can't believe, I can't believe you don't watch Game of. Th- I don't all- like fantasy. Me neither. No, no, no. This is a show about politics. Okay, but it's got dragons. <laughs> Hobbits. I don't like hobbits either. Oh, see, I like hobbits. I like I like Lord of the Rings, but I can't. I don't like hobbits enough to like read or watch The Hobbit. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> also, because it was supposed to be shitty. Let's that and it was like three hours. Let's talk about Kendall Jenner. Oh, right. Pepsi. Jenner. Oh, Jenner. are we on that? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we saved the best for last. May I? Oh goodness. May I? May I? Why don't you, yeah. You Erica, us tell us Erica. all about it. <laughs> Yay. So, Kendall Jenner got out, and Pepsi got out of pocket this week. And out of pocket basically means that they they went way beyond what, they didn't stay in their lane. Well, no. They well, were like on the other interstate. Yeah. so far out of yeah. their lane. So, this week... On the anniversary on Martin Luther King's assassination, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. That's when Pepsi decided to drop this awful, tone-deaf ad. And it features Kendall Jenner. She's a model. She plays a model. She plays a model. It's very really, true to life. Very true to life. It was a stretch for her, I can yeah, even yeah. see. It was and, and, But you sure. know what it was? It was the blonde to the brunette. Well, that was a transformation. The transformation. It was like a, like a chrysalis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the, the video starts out with, I guess, Kendall doing her, her photo shoot. And then she hears something over yonder. And it is a protest. Yeah. And a protest. So For love and peace. For love and peace. Yeah. And she sees a handsome, handsome protester. Right. Yes. They lock eyes. He, he gives, gives her, her a head nod to come join them. She whips off her blonde wig. She wipes off her vixen lipstick. And she joins the protest of people who are specifically targeted, okay? They really a, lot of, a lot of visual minor, visible minorities. drinking Pepsi, all of them. All of them at drinking the Pepsi at the protest. Marching with buckets of Pepsi. There's nothing I like less than like walking down the street and drinking soda. Ew, especially a cold can of pop in your hand. Especially Fuck a pep- that shit. I hate that shit. <laughs> well, okay, because you only drink soda when room it's temperature. room temperature. It's true. But part of that is because it gets too cold in your hand. Anyway. Sure. The things I find out about you, your room temperature cola diet, idiosyncrasy. I would like to point out that I'm a Coke girl. Me too. Well, so is everybody else after this, apparently, because <laughs> Pepsi really shit this one. Yeah, like, shit the bed for sure. What? Anyway. So, yeah, get so, to so, the, so then, the pinnacle. The pinnacle of this. Yeah. On the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King, there are policemen there. Now, they're not in riot gear. No, they're in their... Like when they showed up for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are... They they have stern looks, but somewhat friendly. And... Okay, maybe not friendly, but not, you know, attacking black people. Okay. No pepper. Which which equals friendly in their eyes. Okay. Yeah. So um so then she hands him a Coke. Pepsi. A Pepsi. A Pepsi. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Coke. A Pepsi. Don't ruin Coke for me. I I yeah, I can't. You already ruined drink. I, I well, <laughs> you know, drink. Um so, yeah. Hands him a Pepsi and did he smile? He smiled. He, he smiled. did smile. He was also a handsome man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. So now all is good. If only we had had a Pepsi. Well. If only. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I see the cringe look on your face, it but is, this is the best thing. That was so Let bad. me tell so you bad. the best response to this. Bernice King. Oh, yes. Bernice King. Uh, and Bernice King, who is, I believe, the daughter. Is she the daughter? Yeah. Or the granddaughter? Daughter, daughter of civil rights leader Martin so Luther King. So Bernice King, daughter of Martin Luther King, tweeted out, if only daddy had had a Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And basically show like photoshopped 
a Pepsi in his hand on his on the March on Washington. And yeah. we we're all like, <laughs> whoa. That visual imagery was everything. She also followed it up with an article. Um, maybe it's on her um, Twitter timeline. But um, I just thought that that was just the most powerful response I I had seen. Yeah. Well, and that, that part where Kendall hands him the Pepsi, they were very clearly trying to remake the oh. iconic photograph of uh, Aisha Evans, who is there in her beautiful summer dress at one of the Black Lives Matters protests. And there's that cop with all of his riot gear and like... That, I mean, that was a truly powerful moment, and I think it, it was a powerful photo. Yeah. And so to then like co-opt it with Kendall Jenner handing a Pepsi, like it was like what marketing agent? Like who the fuck did this? It like, was their in-house team. Oh my god! It was like so their in-house. Everyone should be fired. Literally everyone everybody. The whole fucking team you know what? Needs to be fired. Yeah, like they need to gut that department because. Oh, yeah. And to be honest, the the head of marketing should be the first head to roll. Yep. Yeah. Because you're telling me that th- with all the focus groups, layers of management, layers of approval that had to happen for this to happen. Tells me there are like no black people. There, there are no black people. <laughs> Obviously. They didn't consult. And this is why we talk about diversity. Yeah. Well, I don't like I don't know that it's necessarily like no black people, but like it's also like should we put it on the put that responsibility on the, the yeah. people of color who exactly. do work there? Yeah. To to like speak up, like is yeah. it like is it how can we put the own like make That's it their true. fault? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. No. 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 I'm not making it their fault. Right. I'm yeah. making it the structure's fault. Sure. So in other words, <laughs> the structure that we have in business and and in general, any organization, in any organization, is. We are accepting you in, you have to conform to us. Mm-hmm. And usually that means that you have to conform to a whiter, rigid, more rigid way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some of us, we just don't want to because, you know, we're individuals. We have our own and thoughts. And we want to speak truth to power. And, and mm-hmm. we want to speak truth to power and speak our truth. Yeah. So... Um, no, it is not their fault. That's why I'm saying the decision makers must be more people of color. I also actually, so I'm going to segue and we're going to come back to Kendall, but since this is the theme, Nivea had, um, Oh God. Yes. Nivea released an ad this week that said white is purity. And that is a similar issue. Nivea, like whoever's doing the social media mark, like management for Nivea, I'm sorry for you because basically they went around and they, and they basically tweeted out or tweeted to whoever tweeted them was like, Oh, sorry. We value, you know, diversity and blah, blah, blah. It's the same old corporate line. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I tweeted back was, you obviously have no people of color in decision making with decision making capabilities. Mm-hmm. In other words, your senior management is too white to see what's wrong with this. Well, the worst part, like obviously this is ba- very bad, but it doesn't help that Nivea is German owned. Yeah. Right. And that excuse me, but this is not their first offense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I saw remember, another ad. Remember the um <clears throat> what was it? It was it was a black guy taking off the mask of a tiger, a lion, or some type of at ferocious animal, and then talked about well what was the word they used? Civilization. Mm. Oh yeah. And becoming more civilized using Nivea. And and everybody was like, What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. And you know, the fa- again, the fact that this can make it through so many layers of management tells me that either A, there's a, there's a corporate culture where white supremacy is upheld and promoted. Yeah. And B, the people making the decisions are tasked with promoting that white supremacy. It could be people of color. Like, don't get me wrong. Like... 
people of color too operate in white supremacist mm-hmm. organization. When I say white supremacist, I don't mean KKK. Yeah, I'm talking like, about organizations that yeah. promote whiteness by their hiring and promoting decisions mm-hmm. and their topical decisions. This is my new word, by the way, topical. topical. Mm. From, from that, le- I think it was episode one or two. It was yeah. like two. Yeah. So topical. Um with their um with what they omit yeah um and by who they who they omit yeah so when i say an organization that promotes white supremacy meaning that if you're the only person of color at the table mm-hmm. um you need a more diverse table yeah yeah Yeah, I mean, the slogan that went with this ad was keep it clean, keep it bright, don't let anything ruin it, which is just like... That's not even catchy. It's not catchy at all, and it's just like that, like, it just, yeah, it's like the the white race and not, don't taint the race and all that shit, too. It's got a lot of very bad connotations. Not to, like, I just think the white purity, just stay away from purity in advertising anyway, because it has a lot of other awful misogynistic undertones to it anyway like just let's just the leave. pure woman for yeah, example exactly. yeah let's just leave okay out of advertising but that was the other part of the ad that that people didn't talk about yeah is the fact that who they choose to represent purity yeah is a white a woman white with woman. blonde hair not even yeah. a brunette yeah blonde straw blonde hair and again, it plays very Aryan race. It's very Aryan race. It's yeah. very, it's very victimization of white women too, in the sense that um, you're pure as a flower. You need to be yeah. protected so and be held protected. up yeah. And, yeah. and 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 put in a trophy case. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it's just so wrong on so many levels. But going back to Pepsi. <laughs> I just I don't know. The more I watch that, I watched that ad a bunch of times, and I was just like what were they thinking like and I mean obviously that last bit where she hands the cup of Pepsi like that was truly awful but even like leading up to it I was like why like you're co-opting a, a like a, a struggle about people's lives like why are you doing this like it's because protest is the new brunch oh oh Whoa. my god <laughs> that just fucking blew my mind it did I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry Repeat that. Yeah. Protest is the new brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Pussy pussy hats have made like let's just all go protest. Yeah. That's jazzy. Yeah. Oh. Well, there you go. So <laughs> white people ruin everything. I <laughs> <laughs> hashtag I, not all white people. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. There's so much more to this. So Pepsi then issued an apology. Yeah. To Kendall. They apologized to Kendall Jenner. Yeah. And I, I mean, after, and they also apologized for the ad and pulled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. but they didn't apologize to Black Lives Matter, did they? No. No. Okay. And when was the last time <laughs> Pepsi screwed up and apologized to the person who was, who was starring in the role? Who remember, they paid? Remember Madonna, like a prayer? Did they apologize to Madonna? Well, and is it true that Michael Jackson's hair did catch on fire during his Pepsi ad? Is that a thing that yeah. happened? Yeah. Did he yeah. get an apology? No. I don't think he got an apology. Did you know he what? get an apology? I have I to know. say, I did... Let, I, me, let me Google this. I felt... Talk. I did feel bad for Kendall because, I mean... She was very obviously excited about her Pepsi ad. Because she's the first she model to have a Pepsi commercial since... Yeah, and, um, and she had been... Since, uh, uh, Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. And she actually tweeted a picture of Cindy Crawford in her Pepsi ad and was like, hashtag goals, this is before the ad came out. Um, and I think she thought this was going to be, my sister said it was like her Britney Spears moment. Like she was, this was supposed to be her iconic thing. And it's awful. What is Chris Jenner saying right now? Well, so Chris Jenner is the one that put up the picture of Kendall and Kylie in braids. Did you see that picture? Oh, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Was that her? Well, Chris put it up, and I don't know. If, I read in the article you posted today that Kendall put it up, too. But yeah. they're, they're in, the, all their hair is braided. 
they really don't way. understand what the fuck is going on, do they? And, like, at the time, I it, had, was, oh. it was obviously the 90s when this picture was taken. Uh, I think you could make the argument that they were on vacation. Daryl Hannah did it. You know, like... We've all been... We've know. all yeah. need to have our hair yeah, braided. Yeah, yeah. But then to put it up right after this thing is very tone deaf and they surely to god they know better i mean it's i don't know I don't, unless their social people don't i don't think it's always them tweeting i think they obviously have people sure so maybe this is what happens when you don't have a woke social media person yeah you get Dude, in trouble by the way i always tell speaking like i always tell um like prospective clients for example that if you are going to get a social media person this person has to have empathy yeah that is the number one thing um, I run my own social media agency, so I just thought I'd plug that. <laughs> not in my color, not in my color.com. Um, and so with a U. <laughs> I think the Jenners need to hire you now. Yeah, really? Hire <laughs> Erica. Okay, because you need to be aware of what is going on, the conversations that are happening mm-hmm. and why they're happening. And there's so many times where social media managers have no clue. Yeah. And for example, black women at work, somebody tried to co-opt that and put their own stamp (gasps) on it. And I just went, you just fucking failed. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. Because the, whoever was doing it didn't understand the context or the underlying meaning and didn't understand the conversation that was going on. Yeah. So for somebody as I'm, I'm really surprised. I was really surprised at seeing that Chris Jenner actually posted that because what's obvious to me is that woman's got juice. That like that Kardashian brand is friggin' valuable, mm-hmm. at, at mm-hmm. least to advertisers. Yeah, and so that's where the apology came from. Yeah, and so. And that's why Black China can't be Angela Kardashian. That's right. Yes. Yes. They're not allowing Black China to assume the Kardashian name. No. Poor Black China. Which is which has its own issue. Actually, there's so many layers about that too. We could have a whole episode on the Kardashian. Okay, but I'll pass. <laughs> the point I'm trying the the what I'm seeing is that mm-hmm. is that yeah, I see. I see, I see. <laughs> I, I is that basically Chris Jenner um and the Kardashians appropriate black culture to all make the them time. all oh, this yeah. time all to time. make themselves famous. Yeah. So to put a picture of something that I know that everybody does, but it's kind of black, um, of these yeah. braids well, it is, after yeah. Yeah. her daughter mangled that protest. And I don't feel sorry for Kendall. Yeah. She has a manager. She has an agent. She has mama. Yeah. Okay. She has more of a background. Yeah. She has more support in terms of show business than most people. Yeah. yeah. Okay? That's true. So there's that. The other thing is, too, is everybody's pandering to her anyway. She can pick her projects. Yeah. She could have said, you know what? I'm not really comfortable with this. And people would have been like, okay, Kendall, okay. What do you need? What do you want? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You have power. So use it properly. Okay? Yeah. That's my thing. I but- just wonder, like, everybody in the ad, why didn't somebody say... Where, how is this going to, like, why are we doing this? Like, I don't know. I guess you're hired, whatever, so you do the acting. But it felt like, like, did anyone see where it was going? Like, did they see how it was going to turn out? I think this was more of a Kendall, I'm wondering if this was more of a Kendall project Mm. and less of a protest project. I'm wondering if this is just a vehicle for Ken, 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 I was going to say Kendrick, Kendall (laughs) and has the the they just used the prop of protest well yeah i mean i think they definitely did. yeah yeah so this is not this so this this commercial is not even about protest it's about kendall so if it's about kendall kendall can't speak for herself or is she just that becky clueless i don't know i'm gonna go with the latter yeah (laughs) yeah well that's a wrap for this episode of bad and bitchy you can find us on twitter at bad and bitchy and on Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod. And please send us your comments, your love, your hate mail, and article suggestions and topics to badandbpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And as always, stay bitchy.
Bye.